If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. Lamar's special. He's a, um, you know, he's fast and one of the faster guys on the field when it's all said and done and and he's shifty where Josh will go, he'll go right through you. He doesn't care. He's a big, big man and probably equally as fast. I mean, he's a fast kid. He's run away from secondary players. We've seen that on, on tape. So this kid, he throws it well. He throws on the move well. He Runs the ball well. We've just got to stay on top of that part of it throughout practice this week and then during the game. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you to Joe Valerio and Mark Richter. Now we have Jeff Chidea from NFL Network and NFL.com. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. And we got two for two today. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen this crew together. Mm-hmm. Two live crew. We call these guys. <laughs> What's it been since November? Thanksgiving? Uh, the last time I saw these guys in the studio together? I don't know. We're elusive. Hall and Oates. Oh, man. Great does duos. that mean that McCartney Steve is going to sue me at some point down yeah. the road? Wow. I've already got the attorney, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's got this. Deep <laughs> <laughs> squally. Yeah. Conflict of interest. <laughs> hey. Early bird gets the worm, right? Yeah. Tell you something. That's right. <laughs> We get some guests on this show, and we don't hear a peep from a listener. We don't hear nothing. Nothing. We don't get no reaction. None. That ain't you. <laughs> that ain't You're not you. that guy. Uh-uh. We do get lots of reaction. Jake, you, you got to move the meter, man. Jake, will you, will you, uh, will you move it? Jake, were you on that email? Oh, I was. We, had, we got uh, some good reading. We received a manifesto, manifesto from someone via yeah. email that Nate, uh, I think, would like to read. Nate, would you like to read an excerpt? He said only sure. use his first name. Sure. You know, Nate was digging <laughs> into this. It took him an hour and 45 minutes to read it. but it, it And was, it came in the form of an email? Yeah. Email. Yes. Well, yeah. To all three of us. What time did that? Was 8, 8, 8.51 p.m. 8.51 p.m. He probably started at around noon. <laughs> Let's hear it. This is Jackson. Let me see. Where's Jackson? Yeah, don't you? He said. Just first name. I would appreciate and request that you only use my first name on air when you discuss the following. It's not Jackson Mahomes, is it? <laughs> no, it might be. It might be. <laughs> He's got a lot of free time. It might be. Case one way. <laughs> Nate, let's see what you got, Nate. Come on. I don't know if you can put sentences together. Oh, like right. Feel wow. free to share the following on air with Jeff Chidea next time he's on with you. That's right now. Many of your listeners over the years have accused him of being a Chiefs hater. I have agreed with this sentiment historically and taken breaks from listening for a time. But after the Chiefs' victory last night, out of curiosity... I pulled up the podcast recording of his segment from last week to see if anything had changed with his overall stance toward the Chiefs. I believe it only solidified my belief that he has some kind of deep-seated hatred-slash-grudge <laughs> against the Chiefs, which he masks as sports analysis, in quotes. 
The following summary contains minimal profanity (laughs) and no personal attacks. Just the evidence to support my and countless others point. I listened to the Chidea segment from this week before bed after enjoying before bed. our continued play after enjoying our continued playoff ownership of the bills and it completely cemented the reason why I never in all caps listened to the completely one-sided anti-chiefs narrative that Jeffrey perpetuates perpetuates I'm going to disagree with never I think think he's listened to it. He just admitted to listen to it. He might have listened to it very carefully. Many times. He did nothing but blow the bills. Whoa. And draw and and drone on and on about how dangerous they are and how loud and intimidating Buffalo is. He struggled to even answer a hypothetical question from Stephen about what the circumstances of a Chiefs win would look like. Beyond a super vague, generic set of circumstances that would apply to any team getting a win. Hmm. Do you want me to keep going? He all but That's dismissed. That's a good sampling. Yeah. Okay, whatever. We, got, we got six more paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the two of the segment. Right. I guess I could go to the last. He contradicts himself weekly. In the past, he has acknowledged an injury to an opposing team's player at a key position, followed by, but they have X as their backup, and they just brought in Y, so they'll actually be amazing and won't have any problems at all beating the Chiefs. Come on, Jeff. Then, when the Hmm. Chiefs win, he will at some point say, well, the Chiefs just took advantage of a depleted opponent who was down to their backup at the left tackle position, so of course they won. I would go on. But it would take up the whole Jeff Chadia segment Almost if they decide yeah. to share it. Yeah, he pretty much did. So Here we'll have to clock. leave it there for now yeah. and see how he defends against this take, which you only begins to scratch the, the surface of why he is a blatant Kansas City Chiefs hater. Mm. Hater. Mm. Lord have mercy. Answer for your sins. I would tell that guy, go back to the wild card. We can see who I picked. Oh, he's going to go back and listen to that old segment <laughs> now. Here we go. Go back and see who I picked him. <laughs> what can you say to people who think that you always pick against the Chiefs or have a thing for the Chiefs, thing, a thing against the Chiefs? What do you say? I say yeah, check the record. Say? Check the picks. Check the picks. I say I call him like I see him. If he didn't like me this week, he ain't gonna, He definitely ain't going to like me next week. Here we go. Yeah, I'm telling you, tell, listen to next week, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close attention, I told, Jackson. I told Jay. going to be hurting. I told Jay. I'm not going to like it. You've been waiting. <laughs> I will say this. You've been waiting years to pick Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in a yeah. game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's true. They only played been waiting one they, time. They haven't in the playoffs. They haven't played. Yeah, no, no, you've been waiting ever. patiently yeah. for this. Never. No. People think I'm, I'm a Lamar Jackson lover. It's, that's not true either. Are you? No. I'm very, You're very John Harbaugh lover. Oddly enough, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. I, 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 <laughs> he's I, in the family. I, this maybe may, this isn't popular. I love Lamar Jackson. He's one of my favorite player. players to watch. Just as a, if, if the Chiefs aren't playing, I will see. I will seek out the Ravens to watch them play yeah. because, and also, I like. I like the fact that I believed in him out of the draft, while. Uh, Others called him undraftable and just ridiculous takes uh, on these airwaves that that were I recall ridiculous at the time and even more ridiculous now. I got an earful, right? 
<laughs> Can you? Yeah, right. Can you believe this? Yeah. This guy's uh, going to be the best of the whole draft. Well, yeah, yeah, I, but look, and it's okay to acknowledge that. And this is what, if you're an NFL fan, isn't this what you want? This matchup between Mahomes and Josh Allen. Now this matchup, and I kid you about that because I remember, you know, three, four, five years ago, this is the matchup we we thought was going to happen yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. And we, as NFL fans, we've been cheated out of it. Because if you think about some of the regular season games the Chiefs and the Ravens have had, they've been awesome. Now multiply that by 10 and put it in the AFC Championship game. So this is what you want. This is what we haven't seen. We've seen Mahomes and Josh Allen. We saw for one shining moment, Mahomes and Andrew Luck. We thought we were going to see more of it, but it was one chapter. We've seen uh, Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow. We haven't seen Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to watch this, right? But the problem is for you know the Chiefs, it's not just Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It's a defense that appears to be the very best in the NFL, that's loaded at all three levels. And it's the talent that they've put around Lamar Jackson. It's not just Lamar Jackson, but, of course, he's the icing on the cake. He's the MVP this year. And so this is going to be a great game. So I'll ask you this. I asked this question of of these fellas earlier. This is the sixth straight AFC championship game. Yeah. Is this the best team the Chiefs have faced in the AFC Championship game? Now, they lost two of them. They lost to the Bengals two years ago, and that first one they lost yeah. to the Patriots yeah. that won a Super Bowl. And so I, I and, and so you're kind of assuming that if the Ravens win and go on to win the Super Bowl, then you can make the argument. But I, I, I want to know now, do you think this is the best all-around team that they've faced in this run of AFC Championship games? Well, I'm trying to remember the Patriots, when they beat them the first year, who was – who was on that team? They were eleven and five. But they were the Gilmore two seed, right? They were the two seed. They they no. kind of they kind of they were eleven and five. They ended the season. But they were the two seed. I'm saying they were the two seed though, right? No, I think that was the year that that was the yeah, year Lamar Jackson yeah, and the, the Ravens should have been were the yeah, ones. No, that was the first that was, year. That was they that was the Lamar. next year. Yeah. That was the next year when the Chiefs beat the Titans. The Chargers beat Lamar, and then yeah. Patriots beat the Chargers, and the Patriots came here. I'm trying to remember who else. I mean, we had Brady, they had Gronk, they had Edelman, Stephon Gilmore, uh, Van Noy was there. I mean, that's like. Yes, they were the two seed. Yeah. And so what I'm saying here is this is probably the most talented team by far. Yeah. I mean, you talk about they got four all pros on defense. Lamar is probably going to win the MVP. The offensive line is good. The skill positions are good. They got. Some guys have got some experience playing in Super Bowls like Van Noy and Odell. But it's it's hard for me to go against the Brady Patriots because they had been to five Super Bowls and right. Belichick and that was that was the best team. They knew how to win these games. That's that's the thing I would say about this game that I think is for me it's the Chiefs don't have as much talent as the Ravens do, but they've got the experience in this in this game which I think matters a lot. And so I think that's where I think the equalizer is, is that they know how to win in this game. They're not going to be daunted by having to go play on the road, you know, at this level of football. I think it's still. And they just played on the road in the hostile environment. Just played on the road. Yeah, and I think that was a little bit overblown. I never thought they were going to not play well on the road. I think that was, um, 
overplayed, but this is a different team than what they just played in Buffalo. You've been to both venues, right? Buffalo yeah. and Baltimore. I asked Jake this earlier. What, what, what's the greater home field advantage? What's the louder stadium? What's the tougher place to play? Oh, uh, they similar. Or? They're pretty similar. Jake I think said Buffalo. Baltimore. Well, Buffalo, I think, is like I said, the, because of the way the wind. You saw how it affected. It's they were kicking into that tunnel that I was telling you about last week, and the <laughs> kick went wide right. So you, well, that's an issue. They don't have that kind of issues in Baltimore. But Baltimore is a loud place, and you saw it affect the Texans linemen because they had what six or five or six off ball starts or movement penalties in that game. So that's a a big question. The way they play defense, the way that. Um, you know, it's different from Buffalo, too. A lot of a lot more simulated pressures, which I think are tougher for offensive linemen to deal with in noisy stadiums because you got to have more communication. Um, but, yeah, they're loaded, man. The, the things that I, I wrote this in my column on, on Monday, that the things the Chiefs did well against Buffalo are the things, the same things the Ravens excel at stopping. And so that's really defensively where the challenge is. Like, they have to. They're gonna have to have somebody step up again, like MBS stepped up in that game for them to have a for them to win this game and do what they did offensively. Because I think that they can they can match up with Kelsey, and they can take Rasheed Rice away, and they can stop Pacheco. Okay, so another player I want to ask you about, uh, and another one of my favorite players to watch is Roquan Smith. Yeah, and I we go back to this, and Jake remembers I I couldn't believe the Bears traded him. I understand whatever they. It's the Bears, you know. But I can't. And, and so, what are they? They ended up trading uh, Smith to the Ravens for AJ Klein, a second round pick and a fifth round pick. And I thought that took their defense to the next level because he's he's unbelievable. And I it goes back to when he played at Georgia, and watching him, you know play against Missouri and watching the Georgia and how fantastic he was as the Buckets Award winner. And then I in, in Lake Tahoe, I sat down with a about 20, 25-minute interview, remember, Nate, with Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. And even Urlacher off the air, he, says, I, he goes, I'll, I'll, I'll never get over them trading Roquan Smith. I think he's a Hall of Fame linebacker. And you listen to him talk about him and what he meant, what he meant off the field and on the field. He goes, people don't understand how good he is. And then you see how he's transformed this defense. How good is he? That That's a guy that you're going to see a lot on Sunday. And I know he doesn't get enough credit because of the position he plays. And, you know, most analysts and fans just fall in love with pass rushers and don't yeah. give guys like him and enough credit yeah. right. Yeah. He is everything he's that everywhere. defense. Yeah, right? and then you look at his numbers. I think he's one of the maybe only guys in the NFL over the last few years to – I think some, some crazy number about sacks and interceptions and fumbles recovered and tackles. It's like he's got like he does everything. Yeah, everything and, and does everything at a high level. And so that's the first thing you look at. And I, I think he's very similar. He and Patrick Queen, what they do for Baltimore is very similar to what Dre Greenlaw and, and Fred Warner do for for San Francisco. In fact, I think he's just the middle linebacker version of of Fred Warner. Like he's just he's athletic, he's physical, he's smart. He can cover a lot of ground. Uh, he can blitz, and that's what you're right. He he gave that defense a defense that had been going through some some difficult times over the previous few years because they'd had a lot of injuries. They weren't as um, as overwhelming, as consistent as they'd been in years past. Going back to the Ray Lewis 
Ed Reed eras, and, and they were searching for something. And so not just him coming in, but Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, you know, coming back from Michigan where he helped that that school get their defense figured out the last two years he's been there. He's done a lot to really um, incorporate a system that allows these guys to, to play at a high level, to play fast, but also play smart. And I was, I was, you know, I've been there a couple of times. They talk about just when he came in there, McDonald came in there and sat down with the Roquan Smiths and the Marlon Humphreys and talked about how they teach stuff and what, what techniques they want and how they want to incorporate things. And I think it was Roquan or Marlon Humphrey said that they've never seen a coach do that. Like they usually, it's like, here's what you're playing. Here's what the, what the scheme is going to be. Here's what the call is and just go do your job. And so there's a lot of uh, deep understanding about what everybody does in that system that really makes them tough to deal with. But going back to Roquan, yeah, he came in there from day one, that trade last year and just, um, just really set the tone and he's there. He's there. Ray Lewis now. So then when you look at this team, what are the, I mean, maybe that's the thing. There's not a, a big weakness, but kind of the same question I asked you. How would you attack them? Last, last attack? year, like what's, what's, what's the script for Kansas city to go to Baltimore and win turnovers. They're going to have to get some turnovers um, and not turn it over themselves. I mean, you look at the way they played in Buffalo. That was, you know, if Jackson was really listening to what I said, <laughs> you know, play a clean game, minimize the penalties, don't turn the ball over. No sacks. No sacks. I mean, all the things that you thought would be problematic, you know, Jawan Taylor. I think we'll, we'll start with the offensive line. Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith have to play at the same level they did this past week. They can't have a lot of penalties. Joe Tooney with that peck injury, that's a big injury. You're talking about Justin Matabuque is an all-pro defensive tackle who had 11, I think 11 sacks, 11, 12 sacks this year. And he's going to be a monster inside. But they've got guys like Kyle Van Noy and Jadavion Clowney who are really savvy veterans who know how to play in this system. It's not, just a, it's not like the Eagles last year where you just line up and, okay, our front four is going to beat your front four. There's a lot of... They can bring pressure from different areas. They may usually they're going to rush four, but it could be a safety coming, it could be a linebacker coming, it could be a corner coming, and so you got to be on top of your your game. And when you lose someone like Tooney, or you have susceptible def- uh, offensive tackles like Smith and Taylor, that can be problematic. So they have to gonna, first of all they got to protect, and they got to be consistent. They got to be able to to run the football. You know the Ravens. If there is a weakness, I think they're 14th in the league in rushing yards allowed, which is not horrible, but they're number one in everything else. <laughs> so that's the one spot where you can try to attack them. But, again, it's if they get into long yard situations, which the, that was kind of the whole key to this past week. They only had third down like five times, right? And so they did a tremendous job on first and second down of getting themselves into manageable positions or getting first downs. Like, you – they're going to have to grind it out a lot more, but they can't be sitting in third and 12, second and, and 13. That, that's going to be a, a death knell for them. Listen to this. This just uh, was tweeted out within the last 30 minutes. NFL on CBS, Chiefs Bills scores the most watched NFL divisional playoff game ever with more than 50 million viewers. That's the most watched program on any network since the Super Bowl. And 50.39 million viewers, up 10% versus last year's comparable window, which was Cowboys 49ers. And the the game 
peaked with more than 56 million viewers. The most watched divisional game ever. And Paramount Plus, the most streamed live event ever. Yeah. A whole lot more Paramount Plus. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I, I bet this week or is it? that. Hey, there's all kinds yeah. of Swifties getting into football. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. It's true. Because everybody was, all the football fans were already watching that game, right? Yep. But there's, there is. there's there, You can't underestimate the Swiftie effect. Yep. To your point about the third down conversions, not only did the Chiefs only have five third downs, they only went one of five. Yeah. They got 21 first downs in the game, but only one of them came on a third down conversion, and they didn't go for it on fourth down in the game. So, yeah, first and second down were very successful. Yeah, and, <laughs> Very successful yeah. for the Chiefs. And you look at that Houston Texans game, and Houston was not doing much on first down right. or second down. Yeah, they were in third and long a lot. Yeah, and so, I mean, the key matchups here, again, I think the, uh, the key players for me is can Kelsey do what he did last week? against a much better linebacking core. Like, he was able to take advantage of A.J. Klein and Tyrell Dotson. Can they – they had a great schematic approach to that game, which is a lot more three tight ends, 13 personnel, run the football at Teron Johnson because um, the Bills were staying in nickel in those situations. But once you show that, now the Ravens are prepared for it. And so can they – can they get away with it a second time? I don't. I don't know if they're going to be able to to pull that off. But so I think Kelsey, how Rasheed Rice, who didn't really factor much in that game, um, how he's he seemed to be kind of beat up too at different different points. So can he do something? But again, they're going to have to find whether it's MBS or Justin Watson or Noah Gray, whoever it is. Somebody else is going to have to be the guy who makes a couple, two or three plays in there for them to really move the football, because that was, even though it was two catches for MBS, those, those catches were huge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they were enormous as far as putting them in scoring position. So. And it'll be such a big key if they can run the ball effectively with Pacheco. Yeah. If they yeah. can run the ball effectively, if he could, you know, average four and a half, five yards a carry. I mean, they averaged 6.2 yards per carry against Buffalo. You wouldn't anticipate that against Baltimore, but just being able to run the ball effectively would be huge. Yeah, yeah. You're going to know early on like what kind of game it's going to be for him, for Pacheco. I think that's this is with Houston. Like Singletary could get nothing going against that Ravens defense. We've got Jeff Chadia in studio. We'll be right back after this on WHB. What the hell's Lebo doing in the control room over there? Get out of there! See, he, he has a matching plaid hat with yeah, that shirt. Know. You know that? Cool. He's going to like, legislature like meetings. Lord of the style. Dance. Can you get him? Do some river dancing? Yeah. Like Romy Rome from the Martin Show, Martin Lawrence Show. <laughs> He's routing Romy stuff. Rome. Dude, get out of there. We're trying to do a show. Pushing buttons while we're on the air. He's always pushing buttons of Respect. some kind. He just gave me the finger. Huh. Yep. So what What did uh, Jake... What did Jeff say yesterday? Where? What was this? What was this about? You brought it up in the commercial break. Oh, well, Jeff had a uh, a spot on the Jim Rome show, which can be heard on our sister station ninety four point five ESPN Radio, from eleven to two. Um, but Jeff was on yesterday, and you know, I I, I can't remember how how Rome phrased the question to you, but like, uh, I think he was asking me about just are the Chiefs. I think it was the Chiefs' offense back, or are they for real? And I said I, I underestimated what they did in Buffalo. What they did in Buffalo, because you know Patrick Mahomes was something to prove. It's a pretty dangerous combination, 
And so I said, when you talk about going on the road and yeah, I think it's like, how surprised are you that, yeah. that the Chiefs went into yeah, Buffalo? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. How surprised are you that Chiefs went into Buffalo and and you know punked, the game, punk the Bills again? Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. And so I said, yeah, you look at his track record of having something to prove to people, and it's pretty. It's probably undefeated. <laughs> Well, in those, in those I, situations, I heard your answer. I was like, you know what? I think the listeners of, of the Border Patrol would appreciate that answer, hearing that, you know, because you were actually you were giving. Yeah. Well, I give those same answers here, right? If they don't hear them in the same way, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's funny true. how that works out. Yeah, it's also funny how you meet people who always. I've had probably a hundred percent of my interaction with Chiefs fans has always been positive, and they're probably like, oh, you're not really that bad of a guy, yeah, Jeff. Right. And they're actually more like, hey, I really like what you do. <laughs> I never meet the guys who write the letters. No, of course they not. Write the eight page letters, no. and they never seem to want to come talk to the me. The keyboard tough guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that works out. Not really. See. It's cowardice. There was one good one. Somebody tweeted. One good one. <laughs> no, I mean, people, because look, that's just how it is. People don't. Yeah. Reach out or send emails right. that often. There's, or there's no no such thing as to, a good to say. Hey, this is you know I really like this segment. Usually it's to, to bitch and complain. Yeah, the people who write. Derek said one of my favorite segments. Why wouldn't you want honest analysis? Good See? point. I like that. And I and I don't. I mean, look, I hey, I I don't I don't want someone that disagrees with me all the time. You know, I I want this show. To be like my marriage, I want someone to disagree with me with everything I say. Yeah. <laughs> everything I say, I want to be wrong, and and I, you know, and, and I want someone to accuse me, and you know, all, all of it. Yeah, you know, disagree with everything. But don't you think that's the world we live in now? Yeah. It's like you you have to be on a side, or you are a hater. Um, oh yeah, man, for that, sure. That, that's kind of like I've always laughed at that part of it. Mm-hmm. First of all, like being a hater does not bother me. Uh, that word to me has gotten a lot, way too much run in today's environment. But, but two, it's like, I get it. People want their team to win. And so anything that threatens that, anything you hear that might threaten that possibility is is dangerous to some people, which I find laughable. I, th- I think most people, it's like voting. you got your right-wing nuts, you got your left-wing nuts, and then you got the people in the middle, which is 80% who are actually sensible and are like, hey, I just want to listen to what's going on. And, you know, like the guy in Buffalo, they kept showing the shot, the guy crying in Buffalo when the Bills lost. I'm like, I can't think of any sporting event that's ever affected me that I wasn't playing in that would bring me to tears. Like, that's just, I don't get that. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah. I was hurt pretty bad when that flag for D. Ford went up in the air. and Because I thought the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl for then the first maybe time in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, that, I was but I wasn't up. crying, and I wasn't, like, put, pushed so far into emotions that I was, but, like, the I'm emotion, tears of joy. The, the emotion that I thought, like, oh, this, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Holy crap, they're going to the Super Bowl. And then, yeah. like, oh, no, there's a flag. They're not going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to rip this from you, and, and well, you're going home. Yeah. Bringing this up again. Yeah, but what does it really mean beyond that? Which is it doesn't affect your personal life. No, I went home, and I went to bed, and yeah. I paid my bills the next You know what, week, though? Uh, to, to, to make the case for the person that might be crying in the stands after a game, like Steven's saying, crying tears of joy. It's true. It's silly for us to get so wrapped up in the in the actions of a bunch of grown men that we we can't control. We're sitting at home watching. And Jake cried when he saw those messy ticket prices. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is something about the the shared collective experience of of if it's with your family, like if watching games with your kids 
has become a huge tradition in your family is something that is special for you and the memories that you have and getting to celebrate with your family when a moment like that happens that is that is deeper than just some guys want a football game that doesn't matter to me. You know, that's how these things become deeper. And we've seen the way that the Chiefs have affected this community. I mean, there's been so much joy in this town for the past five years. It's been crazy after 50 years of them not doing it. So, you know, I understand what you're saying when you step back and remove yourself from it. And we work when you work in sports, desensitizes it desensitizes you. you to it a little oh, yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it just is what it is. You but know what, though? I... I, I... <laughs> With our job, like I was telling my dad and his wife, and I said, you know how much better this makes my week? Yep. You yeah. know, I yeah. mean, I, honestly, did this, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the advertising yeah. dollars would be better. There'll be more attention on the show. I mean, this make this turns my week into uh, just crap all week long to a- excitement, anticipation. The shows are better. The energy's higher. So, I mean, uniquely But it for also me, shows it, that it, you it, love your job because right. it's more work, too. It's it, there's always oh, more. I love it. Like yeah. I, I can't. Like I. Yeah. Hey, look. Let me tell you. Something. I did not. I was not up to it. But I. I'll. And Jake, you knew because you said you'll probably be. You know, knowing you, you'll be. I'll be damned if I was going to miss covering that game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. I wasn't missing that. Every chance mm-hmm. I get to go and cover a playoff game now, that's history. I want to see that. And it's uh, yeah, I love it. It, mm-hmm. it adds to it. It's fantastic. I can't wait to go out there and cover the locker room and watch which player Nate pisses off tomorrow right. and on Thursday at Arrowhead. And when that goes viral, can't wait. Mm-hmm. Because you know what's going to happen. Right. You know, you know, just, I'm going to ask some really, right. really, you know, sinister question like, what impresses you about the Ravens? Willie Gay Jr. going to see you come in here. Oh, this <laughs> Now, I will say, that, to, to, to add to that, I will say that selfishly to that point, it's a much better matchup with the Chiefs playing the Ravens than the Bills playing the Ravens. Okay. Yes. Right? Because real, I mean, not just for here, but because the Bills were beaten up and mm-hmm. I think they pretty much well, – you want the, the two best, you know two healthiest teams. What was the stat you said at the top of the show with the two MVPs never happening before yeah. under That's 30? Never happened. You, yeah. Isn't that a crazy stat? No former MVPs, no MVPs have ever faced each other in the playoffs that are under the age of 30. In a championship game, or just any play, game. any postseason game, like, this is the first time it's ever happened. Two oh. MVP quarterbacks that are under the age of thirty oh, facing each other, and Manning yeah. and Brady would have been right. too yeah. old. But, but that's just but to have two MVPs at the their prime. peak. Yeah. Last and, and just taking it a step further, last year's MVP yeah. and this year's MVP. Yeah. That you can't get any, you can't get more juice in no. this. And you know, and I hey, I'm not saying Baltimore is afraid of anyone. But you know, down deep in their soul, they're watching that Chiefs and Buffalo game saying, come on, Buffalo. Come, <laughs> come on, Bills. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I do. Someone I did. Because you don't know. If you want Mahomes in yeah. the playoffs, yeah. then you're I think they will. I think, I think just knowing how those guys are over there, they're like, That's fine. whoever coming through here, we'll take them. That's what makes it a fun game to me is that the way Baltimore, look at who they played. Look at who they've beaten. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's impressive, man. How they it is them. impressive. I think they, I think one of their players said it after the Niners game. It's just like everybody wants to play a different kind of football and wide open and basketball on grass, and we want to we want to get physical and get down and get dirty, and, and we'll see who who wants to play that way. Which I, I love that about them. I, I love that. Uh, I know a big John Harbaugh fan. I like John Harbaugh, the Harbaugh family. It uh, be a wild year if one wins the national championship and the other brother wins the Super Bowl. Are these? 
the two best head coaches in the NFL right now? The two best? Well, working? <laughs> yeah. You say employed. <laughs> employed. Yeah. Belichick's out of, out of a job right employed. now. Uh, yeah, I would say Mike Tomlin's in that category. I would put Sean McVay in that category. I um, Who else would be in there? I would probably stop there. I'm trying to think. Sean Payton? No. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking. I know what you're saying. These yeah. guys won the Super Bowl. Yeah, won Super Bowl. yeah, I think Payton's a notch below those guys. I agree. But I think that I'd say Tomlin, Harbaugh, Reed, and McVay are the four best. I, Belichick, to me, is still the tops until he's done. I know people want to say, oh, he's not that good. Well, the players aren't as good anymore. The, the coach, Bill Belichick, the the legacy of it, he's still he's still pretty good to me. But, yeah, this is going to be as good of a uh, a matchup as we've seen in a long time in the AFC Championship game. And just like, you know, you know, what if, and you talk about a legacy game, you know, what if Lamar goes out there and has a great game and beats Mahomes and, gets, and finally gets to the Super Bowl? Like what, what a great addition to his legacy. But also, what if Mahomes goes out there and, and lights him up and they win? And then you just had another chapter. Well, they gave up on the Chiefs several times during the regular season. The Chiefs weren't supposed to, you know, get past the divisional round. They sure as hell weren't supposed to win the Chiefs. And then he goes out and yeah. puts 350 yeah. up on them. Yeah. But I think, well, don't you think that Mahomes' legacy is already set? He's oh, he's even greater and greater. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think the, the jump his legacy would take from a win doesn't even compare to the jump no. Lamar Oh, no, absolutely not. Lamar would go to a whole different Lamar's a Hall of Famer. Lamar legitimizes everything we see in the regular season. I mean, prior to this, he was marked. Yeah. I mean, the guy can't win. It's like Josh Allen. guy's a choke. Yeah, it's like Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen right now is... And the Bills are like the the '70s Oilers and the '80s Browns, the '90s Chiefs. Like yeah. they're in that category of like they just can't. Jim that, Kelly, yeah. Marino, and, yeah, you know, I mean, even those guys. Those guys at least played in Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, and, and Marino had an MVP, right? Yeah, I'm mean, not just getting there. But if you, Lamar Jackson ends up with two MVPs and a, a, a Super Bowl win after this year, oh yeah, yeah he's it, a first ballot Hall of Famer. But just like for Mahomes, it would just, it would just be another chapter. Though. Well, you know what though, you he know? actually gets into the conversation with Mahomes. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing about Mahomes what he's what he's chasing is Tom Brady, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you should say that he's still chasing Joe Montana too, I don't know. But I mean, he's 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 chasing Tom Brady's legacy right now. So everything he does, that's the only thing yeah. he has left to accomplish really. Yeah. Whereas Lamar Jackson's going from really really good quarterback to great. Yeah. You well, know, I mean well, like true great. Well, even to go from right now if we had this conversation today Who's the second best quarterback in the league after Mahomes? Dude, I've been saying Josh Allen most of the year, and all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, like or, or Joe Burrow. Like no one's saying yeah. Lamar Jackson right. this year started. Right. No one probably even saying it right now. Shoot, other teams in the NFL didn't even want him. They could have yeah. had that's him. So stupid. Yeah. They could have had so stupid. him. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's what's that's what's crazy. And, and I will say this: like J- Jake and I, going back to over the holidays toward the end of the regular season, we've been talking about like this. This Ravens team does look different to me. Like they look, they look the same in terms of they're good at the stuff they've always seemed like they've been good at. They play physical, they play good defense, they can run the ball, but purpose driven. But they, yeah. their passing game is dangerous now. Yep. They seem like they've figured out how to maximize the off script plays with him. Those guys know how to get open now, and he's on the same page with those receivers. The way that Mahomes and you know Tyree Kill yep. used to be. 
and they lost Mark Andrews. Dude, and the guy came in after him. Isaiah Likely, yeah, <laughs> awesome, yeah. And 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 again, like <laughs> the things you could say about like the 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 Dolphins and the Cowboys all year, like, well, yeah, but who did they beat? You can't say that about the Ravens, man, because they didn't just beat good teams; they put the hammer down on good teams. Last, see it right. They put the hammer down, yeah. baby. Is that better? Now. What is that? Even close. To I don't know. I'm not, you know. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, sorry. Never well, do he that said to do it. Not that. He said to do that. I had something else in my mind. I never said to do that. We'll take a break. Back after that? this on WHB. All right, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, let me continue this conversation we're having in the commercial break. If, if you're Buffalo... And they're gonna they're forced to make changes because of the salary cap now. But would you consider again considering the coaches that are available? Would you consider moving on from Sean McDermott if you thought you could get Belichick or Vrabel? Yes, without without question. And I I would reference the Bucks firing Tony Dungy and going to John Gruden. Right. I would reference the Broncos firing John Fox and going to Gary Kubiak. It's a it's it's a cutthroat business. It sucks. Sean McDermott's done a great job. Am I trying to get him fired? I guess I am. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. But <laughs> but uh look, they get rid of players all the time when you don't get to where you want to like Al Smith had to go because Patrick Mahomes was a better option here and it paid off for you, right? right? If you wanna I just think the way the AFC is and what you said about the coaches that are available out there. You don't get rid of Sean McDermott just to do it. But if you think you've got a guy who can come in here and get your team to a championship that's out there, heck yeah, you do it. Because how many more opportunities are you, are you going to get to make that happen in this conference, the way it's going? And if you're one of those coaches, you want that quarterback. Yeah. There's only a handful of quarterbacks like that. Yeah. All right, let's get into the uh, official predictions. In the NFC, Jeff... I'm not, not just uh, playing up to you. I, I I feel I feel good about the Lions. You've been waiting for this for three I, years. I've been calling for it. I've been waiting for it. We've been talking about it. Here are the Lions, one game away from the Super Bowl. And, man, I like their chances. they got dynamic playmakers and Jameer Gibbs and uh, St. Brown. I mean, the, the draft that they had looks looks stupendous. Don't take a running back in the first round. Dan Campbell will bite someone in the kneecap. He said he didn't care if someone has one ass cheek and three <laughs> toes or whatever. He'll fight them. What happens in San Francisco? You know, recency bias is big for me here. If you had asked me that question two weeks ago, I would have said San Francisco is going to win. Now, after the way they played Green Bay, I like the Lions' chances, too. Oh my God. I, I'm, 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 I'm coming around to it. Now, granted, maybe I'm being a homer here, got my Honolulu blue. That's fine. And silver on, but uh, yeah, I think that they're the way they're built, the way they've played. Jared Goff has seen this team multiple times as defense, so he's familiar with it. We're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to buy the kneecap off. That's right. it. That's it. That's it's it. hard so, to ignore that. Yeah. So uh, I like the, I like them. I'll take them. I'll take Detroit twenty four twenty three. Last second field goal. What's the number on that? Is that over or under? I don't know about that. Fifty and a half. I okay, that's under. All right. What about uh, Chiefs and Ravens? I think it'll be another great game. I, as I said earlier, I think the Chiefs' experience here matters a lot. But recency bias is big here too. Watching the way the Ravens have played the last few weeks and the way they played against Houston, which has a pretty big, big time offense and a pretty good quarterback. Its own right and the way they shut that down. 
I just feel like unless they get some some turnovers from Lamar, uh, you know, Chiefs are going to lose this game. I like I like Baltimore. I'll take Baltimore twenty eight twenty. That's over. Was it forty four and a half? All right. Hmm. Chiefs and Lions in the Super Bowl. That's what you got. Mm-hmm. I mean, you no shocker there. That that would be, <laughs> you would have to be some yeah. kind of grand marshal for a Super Bowl parade or something for that matchup. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. That'd be the Jeff Chidea Bowl. See, they, both these games would be fun, though. I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm not expecting any kind of. Uh, I think it'll be a lot more suspense. Cause really the only, I guess the the Niners game was close, but obviously the best game of the week was Buffalo Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. We're going to find out this week if uh, Jim Harbaugh is coming back to the NFL, yes or no. Give me your, give me your answer. Uh, Come on. God, I think he's playing the games, but I think he comes to the NFL. I think Chargers hire him. Oh. That's All quite right. the AFC West there, isn't it? Mm. Sean Payton, Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, and Antonio Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeff Chidea. Have a great day on Sports Radio 810 WHP.